If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Happy New Year. Oh my gosh. Are you guys easing back into that? I mean, today is just the first day of what is hopefully going to be a great guys. We need to have a great 2024. We need to have a great 2024 behind the velvet rope together. I got some big plans for this year. Next week, we are coming in hot, but let's just ease back into it today. And also, I just hope everyone has a great year personally, not just professionally, but personally, I hope everyone's hopes and dreams comes true this year. We just need a good 2024. I'm putting that energy out there. We're easing back into it today with the one and only Miss Leah Black. We sat down with Leah Black prior. This is never before aired. The new season's here of our HOM. Are we loving it? I'm loving it. It's well underway. I think we're about halfway through-ish, maybe a little past halfway. Today's, we figure, such a great time to share this chat with Leah Black. We talk about our HOM. She was on the podcast before, but we get into all her Jeff Lewis and all of that. So kick back. This has never before been aired. What a perfect way to just ease into the new year Leah's so fun. I love Leah. She's an RHOM legend. Can't wait to hear all your thoughts. Kick back and enjoy our chat with the one and only Miss Leah Black. Hey, everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only mayor of Miami, Miss Leah Black. Hi, everyone. Listen. We got to stop meeting like this. We sat down recently. We chatted all about housewives and everyone is going to hear all about everything they need to know about Leah Black and the Miami housewives, but that's coming up soon. Today, we are here for lots of other reasons. So first off, it's holiday season and that could only mean one thing, 25% off (laughs) with the code Velvet Rope. Listen, this is Leah Black Beauty. So- We are going to, this is what I think. I think we're going to talk a little bit about some things we didn't talk about last time that we didn't get to. And then I want to talk all about Leah Black Beauty. I want to talk all about these amazing products, which you sent me. And then I want to talk about, you know, like, let's see what they're for. Let me translate that for you. Why would we talk about boring skincare when we can talk about boring people? (laughs) Okay. Listen, it is not boring skincare. I am kidding you. I went, listen, I I like went to the, the, like I, but the doorman's calling me some big package. I open it up. It's like everything from Leah. I mean, we're going to go over it afterwards, but there's all this and I've been using it, Leah. This is your show and you talk about whatever you want. I'm good with it. Okay. Well, I really do want to talk about this. And I really mean it. Yeah. Well, your skin looks really pretty. It must, you must've been using it. <laughs> I've been, listen, I, I'm like a very basic, like stereotypical gay man in a lot of ways, like skincare. You're gay? Who knew? 
<laughs> Isn't that shocking? I'm shocked. Like, listen, the way the way that my heart is through skincare, there's nothing better that one could send me in the mail. So, you know, no, but, about 30% yes. of our clients are gay guys, straight guys too, but we have a huge, they do like our products. I don't know. I love it. Well, I think what people don't know about you is this isn't like your little hobby. Like you started this in the eighties, like way back in the day. Yes, I did. At one time I I had offices all over the world. It was a global brand at one time and I sold that off. And then when I got married and then I had a non-compete and then I started up again (laughs) because I can't get it out of my system. (laughs) Did you just, I mean, you grew it really fast. Like, did you just say, I'm going to make this successful and just work? And like, you just knew you had that entrepreneur bone in your body. Yeah. You know, if I take something on, I'm all in. And if I don't, if I can't be all in, then I just take a pass. I'm not kind of a dabbler, you know, it's just not my nature to be a dabbler. I mean, even if it's cleaning my house, before, I'm going to have everything out of every door, you know, and it's all going to be perfect what I've done. I just, I'm obsessed about if I'm in, I'm in it. So I got in it. What advice would you have for someone starting out? Like, you know, there's someone that has that entrepreneurial spirit that like a nine to five desk job is probably not for them. Like, what would you tell someone? I would say if nine to five isn't for you, don't even try it because you, you, you're not going to be happy. And what happens, you get in this rut, then you have the paycheck coming in and you feel like you have to do it and you never get out of it. So just don't get on that merry-go-round and get into something you really like to do. And if you need money to pay your bills while you're getting it going, then get into something like waitressing or telemarketing or, you know, interning or something like that until you get it going. Because I just think that when you, when you settle, it's like in anything, a marriage, a relationship, a friendship, you settle, you settle, and then there's nowhere to go. And life is too short. Way. Do you watch like business shows? Like, do you watch like Shark Tank, like anything like that? I used to once in a while watch it, but, uh, and I enjoy it. You know, I, I actually do love it, but I'm so obsessed with what's going on in the world and the world news between all the books that I read and all the news that I absorb, I don't give myself the luxury of that too much anymore. Cause it is a luxury, even though you can learn, there's a lot to be learned from it, but it, you know, it's just not a priority right now for me. You don't have any time for TV. That's like very respectable. I have a little time, you know, I, I do have some guilty pleasures and I do watch some shows and I do TiVo a lot of stuff. And then in the middle of the night, you know, I'll go downstairs because I can't have the, the noise loud when Roy's sleeping and I'll catch it in the kitchen and fast forward through and catch the highlights. That's kind of my TV watching other than the news. And I'm glued to the news. I've got five, I've got all the news on in every room all the time. And what, the car. what like <laughs> one or two shows are your guilty pleasures or like your latest guilty pleasures? Um, last year, I did, last season, I did watch uh, Beverly Hills Housewives. I watched that one. And I watched The Voice because I, I like The Voice. I, I don't know. I used, I used to, you know, I was a singer. I kind of worked my way through school singing on, in nightclubs. So I was trying to find that interesting. That's just like a hobby. And uh, what else do I watch? I, I pivoted the rest of Billions because I love it. And I pivoted Succession, but I haven't gotten around to it. So things like that. Succession you know. is good. You're going to like Succession. I watched the first two seasons. I want, I want to watch this one too, you know, it's so, so, so stuff like that. 
Well, one of the things we didn't get to talk about last time, because we spoke so much about housewives is your budding friendship that has lasted forever with Mr. Jeff Lewis. (laughs) Well, it depends on what day you ask him. (laughs) I might be on this list or that one, but today I think I'm on a good list. No, we're friends. How did you guys meet originally just through Bravo, just through both being on Bravo? No, I met him because I wrote this book called Red Carpets and White Lies. And it's, you know, all just salacious gossip. And page six even called it um, the next Jackie Collins, you know, and I could have written three more because the publisher asked me to write, no, two more. I didn't do it yet. I might. But anyway, because I changed the names of the people and the stories are kind of, kind of based on fact. So I had this book publisher and he came to a party of mine one night and he said, in LA, I always have these parties. I don't know why, I guess, because I don't have enough else to do. What else? So have the party at my house in West Hollywood. You'll have to come. Do you live in LA? You don't live in LA. I'm, I live in New York, but I'm in LA all the time. So oh, okay. You, so you'll come. You like, all when right. you have a party, I'll be there. Well, you just remind me when you're there and then you'll come. So it's a random group of everything from the guy I met at a diner to <laughs> the girl I'm at the Pilates studio to an A-list celebrity to reality wannabe to the lowest hanging fruit on TV to the janitor. It's just a mix. <clears throat> so uh, he brought Jeff and Jeff's boyfriend's time, Gage, to my house. Why well, are you new, Jenny Pulos? I met her. I can't even. Oh, I met Jenny through another PR girl that I used to know. And we also did the Bethany show together a few times. When Bethany had her TV show on, I was on and Jenny was on and we were friends. I knew Jenny long before I knew Jeff. So he came to one of the parties and we just were friends. And then he asked me to film. And so he wanted to redo my kitchen because I literally lived 10 houses away. And I was like, okay. And but I earned something thousand dollars later, I had a brand new kitchen. And then I just filmed a few times with him, you know? Fun. I was gonna say that's yeah. nice of you. Just like sure, like let's just redo the kitchen. You know we'll why just not? Do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I'm stuck on your party, picturing like the A-list celebrity, the janitor. Like this is just what I picture. It's really, of, of it's really the way it is. True. I mean, it's it's really just the way it is. I collect. You know, some people collect art. Other people collect whatever. I collect jewelry and people. <laughs> That's what I collect. <laughs> I love it. I have a habit of collecting people too sometimes. It's just like- Yeah, I can it, see that in you. It's fun, right? I can see that. Yeah, I can see that in you. And you know, they either they either make the audition or they don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they I make them audition kind of because if you aren't bringing something to the party or bringing something to your someone's life or my life or whatever, I still wish you well and you know, God bless. What can I do to help you? But- I'm probably not going to put a lot of time into it, you know? So is the audition like like a dinner prior or is it the party? Like (laughs) here you are having a good time and Leah is secretly watching you out of the corner. Well, I've auditioned you already and you made the cut. I mean, I came back for seconds, didn't I? You did. Thank you. (laughs) So there you go. But I mean, I have done podcasts with people that are, you know, God bless them. I want to help them and I promote their podcasts and I will. And I'd probably do it again to help them, but they're not that interesting and it's slow moving and, and they're not a natural at it and they struggle. And, and so I want to help them and I'll do it, but you, you're just a natural at it. Like I could talk to you probably for two or three hours and it wouldn't really matter. Just keep going. What else? Who else do you want to talk about? Not what, but who? I am. All, no, I, I, I agree. I, I go on a lot of other podcasts too. And I tutor yeah. on the side, like I help podcasts on the side, you know, that's kind of like my yeah. side hustle because 
I go on a lot and I'm just like, yeah. oh my God, get me out of here. I know. And it's kind of sad because they want to do it, but maybe they're better fitted for something else. I'm good at sizing up people's skill sets because I've ran businesses my whole life. At one time, I probably had over 50,000 people selling my product. Wow. And you learn what people are good at. And some people are just natural at certain things. And some people like me, I'm never going to be great with technical things. And I'm not going to go through the learning curve. I'd rather pay someone to do it for me. <laughs> and that may sound arrogant, but I just know my, I know my limitations. So I just don't go do that. I do something else. Absolutely. What is it about Jeff that you guys just kind of bonded with each other? <laughs> well, you know, we're not as close as you think. We're, we're close, but no one is ever really close to Jeff. He, he has a little bit of a barrier around him, but not in the way you think. Like he'll tell you your life story. Nothing's a secret. He's totally transparent, but, but he's also not the warm and fuzzy guy that, you know, that, but on the other hand, he will give you the shirt off your back. If you're struggling, he'll help you. I mean, he said to me one time, there was somebody we knew that was struggling. He goes, well, if they get in a situation, I would give them 10 grand. What about you? I said, well, if they get in a situation and you give them 10 grand, I'll give them 10 grand. You know, he's that kind of a guy. And it was someone we barely even knew. We hardly even, I don't even never met the per- person in person, <laughs> but we felt bad for the situation they were in. So he's a great guy, but I'll admit it, as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shapes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. I can't tell you how much water I drink all day, every day to stay hydrated, but also to stay healthy. If you're anything like me, you're probably totally freaked out about drinking water from the tap. And with good reason, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, virtually every home in America has harmful contaminants in its tap water. Ugh. That's why I discovered AquaTrue. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. What does that mean? That means it removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any Aqua true purifier just go to aquatrue.com that's a-q-u-a-t-r-u.com and enter code velvet at checkout that's 20 percent off any aquatrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code velvet v-e-l-v-e-t 
there's just really, it's not like an, it's an, it's like, I might talk to him every day and I might not talk to him for two months. So we just pick up where we left off again. His radio is fantastic. His radio show. I did the first show with him. And then I was a guest on his show many, many times. And I, I love his audience. He's got the most fascinating, lovable audience in the world. They all love my skincare. And, you know, he's just been a good friend that way. He'll, he promotes his trends. He helps his trends. You have been on his show many, many times. Yeah. Yeah. If I was in LA, I'd probably be on more. Well, he might take me off because I'd probably talk too much. <laughs> You'll like, you could just take a break from the Lunch with Leah podcast and, you know, go co-host. You know, like, yes. You know, so. What do you think of, I mean, like I've had a lot of the people around you, like I've had Jenny on this show. I've had Chad yeah. Dean on the show. Like, yeah. do you think Jeff and Jenny will, I mean, these are the things that keep me up at night. Like, I mean, yeah. I know it's, I, I know it's old news. We've all moved on, but I mean, do you think nothing's we'll ever old news if it's unresolved, if it's not resolved, it's not old news. You can put it in a box and tuck it away but the energy is still there. It has, it's like the energy's not out of it. The air is not out of the balloon. It's not flat. It's still static. And I do know Jeff genuinely, genuinely reached out to her on more than one occasion and she did not take the, the invitation. <clears throat> so I'm going to put that on her. I'm going to put on him some of the things he said to her on the show. And I'm going to put on her something she said on the show that made it all escalate. And I'm going to put on her going to Bravo behind his back saying some things that could have hurt him with Bravo. So everybody had a part in it, including me, because I did the seminar <laughs> that had her make the comment that escalated into the big thing that it did. But I've always loved Jenny and I've, her daughters are adorable. I, her husband's amazing. And uh, I've always had a, a very soft spot for her. But it, the whole thing was just mishandled. Everyone reacted instead of, and you know, if she would have listened to me, it would have all worked out because <laughs> I begged her not to go to Bravo and talk about him. I told her, I promise you, think about it for three or four days, take a few days off. It'll all work out. But once you cross that line, there's not going to be any going back. And she didn't listen to me. Once you go to the network and you involve the network. It's, yeah. There's so it's much. almost like once you sue someone, like me, if you sue me, I'm not, I might just give you the money and get rid of you, but I'm not going to deal with you anymore because I know you're litigious and I don't, I don't want to deal with it. So I think once you cross certain lines, it's just no, you, you're, you go catch your husband in the bed with another woman. There's no goal, you know, there's just to cross certain lines and they don't come back. And I knew she went to the network. It was going to be a line that she couldn't come back from. I also held him completely responsible and beat him up a thousand times to the way he talked to her on the show. But the call, the show's called flipping out because that's what he does. He does. Yes. And she knows that. So you put yourself in that position. Don't be shocked when he comes at you. Uh, that's, that's the show. <laughs> and it's not an act, by the way. He has calmed down since he had Monroe a lot. He seems like he has. Yes. Right. And once you go to a network and like, then there's liability, the network, listen, this is business. Like, you know, as a when you throw woman, around words like wrong determination or this or that, you know, you just, it's, it's just, it got messy. It got too messy. And I think that, and ultimately that was why they canceled the show. I mean, if I would have been producing that show and they had a falling out like that, I would have called the network and said, let's keep this thing going and make them resolve it. And I would have gotten another season out of it. You know, that's how I think, but it didn't work out that way. 
but who am I to have an opinion on it? I don't run the network. Well, maybe Leah, you should be running a network in your spare time. Even though all the girls in the Miami show thought I did. <laughs> I uh, had all this power that I didn't have. I was like, I had all that power. I didn't know. Who knew? They, <laughs> Actually, I'm always the last to know. <laughs> they they really did thought think that you ran that yeah, show. They what did. about, uh, do you think they'll ever resolve this i mean like i know he's tried and i know they ran into each other at that restaurant you know i my prediction is and i could be totally wrong i have not spoken to her since all this went down i have a feeling she and her husband eventually moved to chicago that's where his family is and um that's just my that's just kind of what i think but i don't know she's very close to her family and he's very close to his family and um she does a lot of stuff promoting the artwork of her nephew or someone that has some disability and she's a very good girl you know it just didn't it's just unfortunate how it all ended I think at this point it would be up to her I think Jeff's like I reached out two or three times she's not interested I mean I don't know I don't think he would reach out again but he might would you say like if you ran into her when you're in LA would you I'd go give her a big hug and tell her I love her and I miss her and I'm so sorry about how everything went down and you know, a lot of people blamed me because they thought I was laughing at her. Well, what they didn't know, I was in the front seat. I couldn't see her in the back seat. I didn't even know she was crying. And I was laughing at Jeff because he was acting so histrionic over nothing, just making such a big thing of it. And then I got out of the car and ran and got her to the restaurant and made her get back in the car. And I, she came over to my house and cried for an hour afterwards. And I, I did everything I could to support her. I talked to her on the phone the next day for two hours on my way waiting for the flight to calm things down. I did everything I could to try to just let it cool down and then let them figure it out. But everyone was reactive. I didn't realize everyone came, came after you and thought you kind of asked. Well, a lot of the audience thought that I, wow. that I didn't back her up, but you know, what is right is right. I mean, <laughs> whether she did it or he did it, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And there's a gray area and it may just be my opinion, but I think it was pretty clear. Well, you say the show is called Flipping Out, which it is. It's because Jeff flips <laughs> out. But has Jeff ever really flipped out on you? Because I can't see that, Leah. I think you would put him in his place. I would put him in his place. And so he hasn't really flipped out on me. However, we have had a couple of rounds where we kind of had a, had small disagreements. And uh, I have boundaries with people. <laughs> That's just the way it is. And so if you cross the boundary, I'm going to put you in your place about it. And so I have had those confrontations with him, but I've also have an understanding with him. And I've told him this before, I am not going to be a fake friend. I am not going to tell you what you want to hear, but at the end of the day, if you're reasonable, we will always work it out because I am always coming from what I think is in your best interest when I confront you with these things. And I really believe that. And if you don't take my advice and you don't agree with me, I'm going to cheer you on anyway. It was your choice. It is your life. But I'm not going to hold back my opinion if you ask me about something. And he's asked me about some things that he didn't agree with me about. (laughs) You should also be a life coach in your spare time. I'm like giving you all these side jobs. I'm just thinking of like... I could be for everybody but myself. I'm really good at dishing out that advice, but I don't always take it myself. Me too. I give... It's I easy give from a distance. Yes. Yeah. And I just don't. It's take easy my from advice. a distance. It really is. Yeah. What about like, I mean, Jeff and Gage are in a better place now. 
they're very amicable. They're getting along well with the baby. And I'm sure you heard on the radio show, Jeff's planning on having another child with a, a surrogate and he won't have a companion in that relationship because it does the way this one turned out. It was probably part of that. Um, so yeah, I think they're in a good place. You know, Gage is also a very good person. They just don't see eye to eye on things. And sometimes Gage is right. And I have told Jeff that. And more often than not, Jeff is right, though. You know, he is. Now, I did see Jeff and the baby uh, at a restaurant last time I was in L.A. He couldn't have been more gracious. I mean, I went back with him for a few minutes. I gave him the biggest hug. I told him everyone loved him and not, not take any of this personal. It was just between him and Jeff. And no one was taking sides, even though it might appear that way. Because I wanted him to know that Jeff has a bigger voice than he does and a bigger platform. And I felt like he may feel like he's being unheard and people just automatically side with Jeff. And that's not necessarily true. That's nice. I mean, I could I wanted that. to do that for him. Yeah, I wanted to take that tension out of the air. So if I see him, there's no tension because I don't have anything, anything but wonderful things to say about Gage. You guys know I've been so honest with you about my weight loss over the past few months. Look, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. There's so many diet plans that say, do this, don't do that. And none of them have ever worked for me. That is until noon. Noom realizes that with weight, one size does not fit all. They take into account each person's individual needs. Noom builds personal plans that takes your specific dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs into account, and then they build a plan that works for you. Noom uses a psychology-based approach. They focus on the why. They believe that losing weight starts with your brain, so they focus on why haven't you been able to lose weight. They really change the way you think about food. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I could see that. See, I mean, I, I could see you giving very honest advice and just people could take yeah. it or leave it. And yeah. you collect you know, them and then you give them advice. And, and then, you know. <laughs> there's something about just the truth you know when they say the truth sets you free there's really something about that that's true you know that's why when people say things about me and I my tagline one year was uh I, I care about a lot of things what other people think of me isn't one of them well that's true if it's based in the truth if what you say about me is true and you've made a judgment about it then I'm good with that I'm totally good with it because it's true, I did it, or I said it. But if you made it up and it's just a big lie, then I have a problem with it because it's based on a lie. I, I don't like things to be based on a lie because you know then it just starts attracting toxic things and negative things and bad energy. And then everybody's got their point of view and everybody's got their side and everybody's gonna be right. Nobody's gonna back down. I don't wanna be part of that. I don't want that in my energy or in my space in my life. I just don't want it. You must have been really happy for three seasons on Miami Housewives. It was an issue for me because I always felt like that people would just make things up. And I don't like that. And I was never going to go along with it. You know, some people just turn a blind eye and I'm not going to do that. 
And even if they did or said something against the other person, it had nothing to do with me. I would always stand up for the underdog because I felt like they had, you know, that it, it was mischaracterized. And so I didn't make a lot of friends. You know, to make a lot of friends, you have to pick sides and pick teams and, you know, backstab and talk about people. That's just not my nature to do that. I will defend myself, you know, but I don't want, but I, I try to defend myself in a way that has integrity and that at the end, everyone's made whole about it. But just to keep the fighting and the bickering and the this and the that, I think it's not sustainable. I think that was one of the reasons the show wasn't sustainable. I don't think it was based enough in um, organic, real relationships. Is, are there any other Bravo celebrities that you are close with that we would be shocked to find out? Shocked to find out. Well, I mean, a lot of them have come to my parties, like Lisa Renna and Harry have come to my parties. And, you know, Kelly Dodd stayed at my house. And, uh, I mean, Sonia and I went back. Sonia and I were friends before she was ever on New York. I met her at the Cannes uh, Film Festival, I mean, less than 20 years ago, maybe about 20 years ago. My son was just a baby. And uh, we met there. And um, so if I had to have to think about it, but I've been, I've met Ramona a few times, you know, I've, I've been friendly with some of them, but I wouldn't say we're close friends, but we're friendly. Well, I want to switch gears and talk about all of the charity work, which you do, which we saw on Miami housewives. Yeah. How did you, I mean, I know you're a very giving person. How, cause you know, oh. you, it's not easy well, right, when, to pull all when that I, together. When I got married, I had just sold the company that I had spent so many years building. I had a non-compete and I got out of that company because I was traveling a hundred thousand miles a year at least. And I was like, I'm not doing this and getting married. So I got out of it. And then after a while I was like antsy, but um, I'm limited in what my capabilities are. I'm good at raising money, I guess. So I went to this event one night and, you know, I've been hearing all these stories about with lawyers and how their clients are in jail and, you know, how some of them are wrongfully in jail. And, you know, and I, so I hear, and then I'll be on the phone with the, with the spouse or the kid or the, you know, daughter of somebody who's going to jail. And it was just horrifying to me. It was a world I'd never, I didn't even think about being in jail. It didn't like hurt me. So then I started following what prisons, the pipeline and, you know, all the mischaracterization of whatever, the misjustices that are going on. And then, and then, you know, I'd see people that were like, should be in jail that weren't and people that weren't in jail that should. And then I, I was at this event one night and this guy came up to me and said, you know, you should really help keep these young kids out of jail. And so I said, yeah, I really should. I'm doing nothing, my lazy self. So he told me about this event. So I went to it and this guy was on crutches because he had been shot in the back a black guy at an early age in the crossfire and he was trying to raise money and awareness for young kids not to get in trouble and I, I you know I could tell he didn't know what he was doing he was trying he had all this artwork there to sell no one was buying anything hardly anybody was showing up it was in the art district so I just went around the whole neighborhood and grabbed like 20 30 40 people come on you got to come over here you got to look at this art it's for a good cause but no one was buying it. So then I picked up the microphone and started selling it piece by piece by piece. Before you knew it, $18,000 in the door, we sold the art. And then I looked at the paper plates and the paper cups. And I was like, you know, if you really kind of knew how to raise money and plus the guy's heart, he was, his heart was totally in it. It was just so out of his league, you know? And so I said, you know, I'm going to have one of the fundraisers. So I had one in my backyard 
and gathered a few friends, had one in the backyard. We raised a bunch of money. And then I wound up, I got Barry Gibb one year. He was my first big get. He's a friend. And after he performed, I was able to get other performers. So he was my first big get. And my last big get was Aretha. And I got all those people over the years, except for two, for free. So I got them to come and sing and dance. And I had Pharrell and Pitbull and Queen Latifah and Tony Bennett and Rick Ross. And I had all of them, Natalie Cole, Dion Warwick. I got them all to perform for free. So it became a full-time job. And it cost me a lot of money because I had to go to everyone else's event to get them to come to mine. I had to donate everything. Had to. I turned my house into the charity for 15 years. We had hundreds of pieces of artwork and, and things to sell at the charity sitting in my house all year long. I had staff coming in and out. My staff was waiting on everybody. I had to have an extra housekeeper, an extra cook, I had all this. And I paid for all that myself. And then one day I said, you know, I'm going to move them to the office. So then I get this office and then I'm like, well, I may as well just put it in with the skincare as well. So now we, we were running the charity and the skincare out of one office. And then that became like just over, it was just out of control. We'd have 200 auction items some year. And I just kept trying to just sell, sell this stuff. And it was just year after year after year. And after, after Aretha performed, then along came COVID. And then I was like, you know, I'm not going back to that. I'd rather give, I'd rather work hard, make more money and donate the money than go back to working for free with people attacking me, like at the reunion where you see people attacking me about a charity. I'm like, what have you done lately? I mean, what have you done for a charity lately? You attack me. And that was why I was upset about that. Even though they said, someone said recently that they read that I stormed out off the set or something. Well, that's just not true. If it were true, remember when Lisa Renna walked off the set? They had showed that clip a thousand times. If I walked off or stormed off the set, you think that wouldn't have that clip on a loop? So it's just not true. But, uh, you know, it was just like, I felt like no matter how much you do, like the people would come, I appreciate you giving me the thousand dollars, but you spent $600 on the shoes to get here. You know, why don't you buy cheaper shoes and give me $600? So I was always pushing everybody. And I just became like, people are going to be like this when they see me like, oh my God, you're coming after my money again. But I feel like if you have so much money, you should just give some of it to these kids that had nothing. And that was just, I really felt like that. And so I had no problem asking people for money. My husband would just go, he would walk up, he would just go away. He could not, he cringed when I asked people for money. Not me. I'm like, where's your credit card? <laughs> One year, Pamela Anderson was there. I said, Pamela, there's got to be another way we can raise money. She goes, I'll just sit on men's laps. I'm like, 10 grand and Pamela sit on your lap. 10 grand and Pamela sit on your lap. <laughs> she did. We made like 30 grand there. <laughs> you know, with these rich guys, come sit on my lap. Here's 10 grand. I mean, I just was so obsessed with reading the money. And when I got off the merry-go-round, it's like, I don't even know how I did it. Everyone's fighting about where they're going to sit and what table they're going to be at. And the photographers can't be there because I'm bringing my mistress instead of my wife. And I mean, it's just so much. And Jason and I were doing all of it, plus a few volunteers. It's well, it's it is it's a lot of work. So, so at that, you just Pamela literally like 10,000. She went and sat on someone's yeah. lap, another 10,000. Yeah. Well, then we auctioned off her panties one year, remember? <laughs> we had our panties in auction. We would do anything to bring in money, but we gave all the money to the kids, all of it. We our overhead was like maybe the postage, and usually I pay that. <laughs> How much you know? do Pamela Anderson's panties go for? 
Do you remember, Jason? Did, did we did we sell them or did nobody buy them? Pamela's panning. Remember when we auctioned them off and your friend got mad at me because I called out her name and people thought maybe she was gay when she wasn't. Do you remember how much we sold them for? Does it remember? Probably a few thousand. <laughs> uh, that's what I would think. Well, they and were wait. pretty lace panties. <laughs> and wait, what did if you say? If you're size two. Someone I said, thought she was gay. Panties. Oh, I said, I called out this girl and said, what about you? Why don't you buy them? And then she thought I was indicating that she was gay when I really wasn't. I was just looking for people that had money sitting around. <laughs> you know, it was always something. Then there was a time that Aretha wouldn't get on the stage. And I mean, not Aretha, Patti LaBelle, until she was paid and Jason didn't bring the check. And she, my husband ran and gave her a credit card to hold on to while she performed. And then we all went, and then she got up and performed it. Oh my God, it was just too much <laughs> one disaster after the other then when i went to see aretha and we became very good friends after that we texted for a long period of time but when i went up to see her she was she was one of the two that charged we got a sponsor to pay it but then she wanted me to pay her in cash and then she counted the cash in front of me twice <laughs> you know <laughs> This is surreal. I have got to get back and sell more tickets and more tables and get more auction items in. Just count it, count it, count it. <laughs> it was just these people. You don't realize the level that they operate at. You know, it, it's such a different mentality than we have. And I get it. That's their voice. That's their look. That's their brand. And they want it to be perfect. But honey, you're performing in front of a thousand drunk people on South Beach. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> I was just going to say, well, first of all, you just said 8,000 things that like my, do you see my mouth is like just dropped <laughs> open for so many reasons. None of it really shocks me, but I find it so fascinating. So Nobody knows most of this because we never really talk about it. Just no, I find so like Aretha just literally is like stands there and is counting the money to make sure well, she had her, her brother, her bodyguard or somebody with her. And yeah, because she wanted to be paid in cash because she didn't have time to cash the check. You know what that told me about her is that she's been ripped off many times in her life or she wouldn't have done that. And we became friends, but she was difficult up until the time she performed. And once she performed, she sent me flowers and then she sent me perfume. And then she invited me to go stay with her at Adrian Arch's house in DC when she was performing. And then when she performed at the piano, she had my handbag that we sell online on the piano. And she just became an amazing person. And it really really couldn't be any nicer but I think she had just been mistreated for so many times and probably not paid and probably ripped off and by agents and managers and partners and whatever that she was at a point in her life where I'm this old I'm going to get on a bus because she won't fly and I'm going to drive from Chicago to Miami to perform I'm going to get my damn money <laughs> oh my I don't God. blame her my earphone fell out Jay. I, I see I can hear in one oh. ear that's okay, as long as it wasn't my earrings. <laughs> you don't want to lose the earrings. Do you want to find That's it or right. are you fine? No, he's I, gonna, James is going to, our no. technical, <laughs> what's that piece of James paper? is our technical oh, assistant. Thanks, James. I couldn't do anything without James because he does everything. I just show up. Are you there? And, and yeah, can you hear I'm me? I'm here. And yeah. Patty LaBelle is literally on the side of the stage saying, I'm not getting on that stage because there's no, where's the damn and money? She was, only, she was the second one we paid. Those are the only two we ever paid out of all that talent and they and patty by the way gave us a very very great rate and she performed for us twice and she was amazing i would say patty lavelle and Flo rida maybe put on the best shows you know, like really? the shows 
Queen Latifah and Tony Bennett, I mean, you were like you were at the Oscars. You felt like you were at the Oscars, you know? But that was another disaster. We had sold all these 25,000 first row tables for three sides of the stage. We aren't paying attention. All of a sudden, he's got a band of 30 people with all their equipment on one side of the stage. So we had to take all those tables and try to make everybody still get their front row that had paid $25,000. I mean, this was two hours before the event. I was having heart attacks. <laughs> it was one thing, heart attack, the charity. No one realizes what goes into it, you know? It, it's a lot of work. Like everyone wants to come and like, you know, look good. Yeah. And like you said, wear their yeah. $600 shoes or yeah. like $6,000 shoes, but. That. But don't be cheap with me either. You know, pony up, pay. Because the kids that were getting the money had nothing. I mean, there was a kid in this little school here, uh, kind of re retention center, because he had pulled a knife on somebody because he wanted to go to jail, hoping that if he went to jail, he could see his father. I mean, these are the stories wow. that we lived with every day. And it was hard not to, like, give all the money to the kids. I mean, why should we give the money to somebody who's going to go buy another pair of shoes, <laughs> you know? Right. How much does like a Patty, like I know she did a discount rate or an Aretha. Oh, cost, I'm not but... going to tell you that because I, I said I wouldn't, but believe me, she gave us a great rate and I got a sponsor to pay. Both times we got the talent, I got sponsors to pay. It didn't come out of the charity money. Do you ever run into like, you know, like Kim Kardashian is like, this is what she spends her time on, like trying to help, you know, get people out of jail. Yeah. You know, I met the Kardashians before they were the Kardashians through Joe Francis. But it was so many years ago. And then I ran into her again at another event. But other than that, I really, and then I met her mom a few times. But other than that, I haven't really kept up with them, you know, even though good for them and all they've accomplished. But, you know, we're two different worlds, kind of, you know. Who is, because listen, most people can't like call upon, you know, can't say, I, here's Lance Bass's phone number and here's Aretha and here's Flo Riders and here's Pitbulls. Yeah. Like, who are some of the most like shot, like people you just be like, oh my God, this person's in your cell phone. I mean, I think like Pitbull and Flo Rider. There's and a lot Rodman. of them, but you know, sometimes I, I mean, listen, I didn't realize when I got Pharrell, I didn't realize what a huge star he was. This is how dumb I am. Antonio said to me, you know, Pharrell's performing over at this place. You really need to get him for the charity. I'm like, who? Pharrell. Okay. What does he do? Oh, you know, he's saying, okay, let's go. So I go over there. He has his baseball cap on. He's singing and dancing. I just think he's a little rapper. And I just walk up to him. And I just wouldn't take no for the answer. And I got him to perform. Later, I find out he's like the biggest thing ever. I had no idea what a big deal he was. And then we became friends. And I, I, I was on a plane with him once for three or four hours. And then I saw him in a restaurant a couple of times. And his wife was lovely. They weren't married at the time. And, you know, we became friendly. And I just loved him, but I had no, if I would have known what person and star he was, I probably wouldn't have gone up to the little kid with the baseball cap and said, hey, he's got to come help me out. You know, like that. So that's how I met him. Some of them I met, you know, meet him different ways. Wow. And your husband everywhere you went would just say like, oh my God, please don't go up and ask that person. I mean, listen, you're, I could see yeah. you being perfect at he this. Was. You're, you're going to walk right up to someone and ask for the money. You're not going to be shy. A hundred percent. Were Listen, you? it's not like I'm asking for it to go on a shopping spree. I'm asking to keep kids that once they go to jail, their life is over forever. They're going to be in the system and they're going to have a record. 
I mean, Jason will tell you about the kids I picked up on the street when they got out of jail. That's another story. And he's like, oh my God, they could have had a gun on them. Like, yeah, but they didn't, you know, and I got to put in a facility. But yeah, I don't mind asking them for the money. You know, why not? Think about it. And you don't miss it now that you're just focusing on just donating. Well, I, I mean, do you're busy. You do. I you just still do, do it. it. I just don't do it in public. I mean, ask Jason how many people a day call me for something. You know, we, I still donate. I pay for tuitions. I do a lot of it out of my own pocket. And um, I don't have to, I just don't ask people for it as much as I used to. Mostly I just do it. Have you ever had, like, a, were there any other big disasters or those were, I mean, Oh, there's that's... so many disasters. Jason, what was the biggest disaster we ever had at the charity? I mean, there were just so many. I could go on and on. I, I mean, got in a big fight with the Fountain Blue because he tried to charge us $10,000 for electricity. Got in a big fight with them because we're not paying electricity bill, you know, for the band. I mean, there were just so many, you know, we didn't know. Sometimes if they were really going to perform for the, oh, I'll tell you a big disaster. I, pit, I had, I had, I had Dionne Warwick for the dinner and I had Pitbull for an after party and Pitbull was in his room doing shots with the girl that was supposed to be promoting our charity. So she could get an interview for people magazine with him. And the crowd waited for 45 minutes and half of them left before he actually showed up to perform with this whole band. And he was amazing, but I met him through Joe Francis. That's how I met him. I had little Wayne. I met little Wayne through Lance Bass or Joe Francis. I'm like, I love it. Have That's you called I met him? Well, you can put in a good word with Joe Francis for me. He's on my list of people that oh, I Oh, you love. want him? Yeah. Oh, he, I do. he might do it. I do. I just Re think you he's have to so... text me and remind me. Okay. I just think he's so interesting. Just, you know, like, I just think he is, he's like led he's an interesting life. I find it very yeah. interesting. Yeah. If hey. you're not judgmental about people now, if someone wrongs someone, you can, they can wrong them and you can still be judgmental. But if you're not so judgmental about people, you can meet a lot of really fascinating people. Like people say to me, well, how could your husband represent that person? I'm like, newsflash lawyers represent criminals <laughs> sometimes they're criminals and sometimes they're wrongly accused but that's what they do get over it i'm not going to apologize for that that's their job the government's yeah. got to the government's gotta prove their case if the government can't prove their case that's not my fault that my husband out lawyer now what do you want I, from me i totally agree no i don't judge i start really i don't judge anyone you know like if some because i'm a lawyer like i don't practice anymore i'm the type like right. if you come after me now, right. right. Like if you sue me or something now, right. it's like, we have a problem and you're dead to me. Right. Like and you're going to the mat. Right. Like that saying like, fuck me once, but like, you won't, right. it won't be twice. So, but short yeah. of that, I don't judge, but I mean, I find Joe Francis very, listen, he, I just he, like authentic people. So if that is your thing, yeah. that is so interesting to me. Cause that's really, truly your Well, he's way also you, very generous. You know, right. when he got married to Christine, oh God, did I tell you the story? I don't know if I told no. you when he got married. So he got married to Christine and he was having his wedding at Amarada or however you say it in Cudamito, Mexico. So everyone flew in for the wedding and I took RJ and Freda and we all stayed at Joe's house until the day before the wedding when all the guests started coming in. And then I took Freda and RJ at the Four Seasons, like literally a block away. He was like three or four years old this time. And I, we, Roy and I still stayed in the house and everybody started piling in. So he, he got married there. And within 
three weeks, she's calling me and they're fighting over going to get divorced. Within six weeks, they were getting divorced. The big fight was she wanted to keep the ring. He didn't want her to have the ring. I don't know how I got in the middle of it. But in the meantime, I had ordered a piece of Dom Crystal because he had the most gorgeous home in Bel Air that was um, Asian flair to it. And there was this Dom Crystal piece, like, like two feet, two and a half feet tall, a girl, gorgeous amber Dom Crystal. It was probably ten dollars or $15,000. So I had ordered that for his wedding gift because he had been so generous in hosting us at his home for so long. And... By the way, my husband did not represent Joe. He got him lawyers. He represented him one time and got him out of jail the first time he got in trouble in Florida. After that, he goes, you're the worst client I've ever had, and I will not represent you, but I will help you for free. <laughs> so anyway, so that piece hadn't come in yet. And I think it was just ten or $15,000. They were getting divorced. <laughs> the first thing I did was call and cancel the piece. I'm like, I am not going to spend ten or $15,000 if you guys are getting divorced. Anyway, so then they got divorced and then I knew his next girlfriend and I mean, you know, I knew them all. That's funny. Have you called Lance Bass and congratulated him? Yeah, I sent him baby gifts. Of course. I loved him. He's got this adorable uh, restaurant. It's it's also like a sports bar in West Hollywood on uh, Santa Monica in a great location. And it's packed all the time. It's kind of miniature Abbey because you see the guys on the tables dancing and then you, but then you've got the TV going in the back with the sports. It's really, it's great. I've been to their home. I used to do his radio show when he had a radio show and I always adore them. They're, they're amazing. When I first met Lance, I didn't know who he was. I thought Lance Bass was a football star. So when I saw him, I was like, wow, he's awfully small to be playing football. And then just, no, yeah, he's from that band. I'm like, I haven't even heard of that band even. And then I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I live in my own little world. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I love it. Thinking Lance Bass is, you know, a football star. Like that's okay. Well, there is somebody with that name or similar to that name. It was, I think. (laughs) And I love it. Oh, here was a, here's one. Little Wayne wasn't going to get on the stage because he had to be rushed to the emergency room. Jason, what was, is he here? What was he rushed to the emergency room for? Little Wayne, remember? He was rushed to the emergency room and I was, Joe Francis and I were underneath the table because it was so loud with the tablecloth on the floor. Joe's going, get your ass here. I don't care how sick you are. You can take care of that later. And I was like, oh my God, he's not going to perform. And here he came in. They had hauled him out on a journey and they brought him in and he stood up there and performed. And he had eight guitars, seven for his band that he custom made guitars. And he had made them, that said Girls Gone Wild on them because Joe had paid for them just for my event, by the way, to promote his Girls Gone Wild, like any of the stuffy people at my event are going to watch Girls Gone Wild. The judge over on aisle three, Mike. But anyway, so I got one of, he gave me the one of the guitars. (laughs) And I never understood why when he got in trouble with that stupid gun, he didn't call Roy because he, he wouldn't have gone to jail because there was no evidence that it was his gun. It was in a it was in a tote bag on the bus. There was no evidence, but he just pled guilty. So I think he wanted to go to jail. I think he wanted the experience of going to jail. What else would it be? Just for like the street cred? Maybe, or to learn or to write, or I don't know, maybe he wanted off the merry-go-round. We had another big event for him at Ingeen's house in Star Island. Wasn't that... No, that was T.I., T.I., 
but he didn't show because of what was that girl's name, Cammy or something? She didn't want him to show her. I don't remember. I mean, that's the thing. If they get in trouble, they have access to Roy Black. I mean, exactly. But he didn't call. even call. He didn't even call. And I, I was like, that is so weird because the gun was in a tote bag on the bus. There was no chain of custody. There was no way to prove whose gun it was or who put it there. It wouldn't have even been a problem, probably, if, but he probably had some kind of prior record or something. I don't really know. I didn't follow it that close. You know, he had one tattoo too many for me. I couldn't, I mean, I was like, he need glasses. <laughs> Before we switch to skincare, do you get starstruck? Yeah. I mean, have you ever been starstruck? I mean, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, like Aretha, you know, I know it's all for a charity, but like just walking around you know, and we're meeting these so people. busy working those events that it's hard to really get starstruck i would say people that would give me starstruck would be maybe you know like barack obama or maybe the world health organization's charity uh, uh, ceo that's feeding the homeless around the world or you know people like that would maybe would give me more stars adam schiff my new biggest hero in washington i love him i mean i'd hold a fundraiser for him you know those are people that would you know i, I mean the celebrities and the stars i do i love them all and they've all been amazing and generous but i guess we just work so much more around them we don't think too much about it you know like i mean i i, I mean when natalie cole was at my house <laughs> well i remember one time she was at my house and i just I didn't even mention it to somebody mentioned it to me. They said, did you have Natalie Cole at your house? I'm like, yeah, you know, we sat outside and this and that. And they were so shocked that Natalie Cole, and why didn't you call me to come? It didn't occur to me, you know? And then, and then I, and then what's his name? Um, what's his name? The guy that Oliver Stone, he was at my house when I was pregnant. He was smoking pot. He was trying to get me to smoke pot with him. I'm like, I'm pregnant. I can't smoke pot. He went and sat in my bathtub and smoked pot. And I was just like, okay, whatever. And somebody took a picture of him and it, and I just framed it and put it on the counter one day and one day it was gone. Somebody stole my house. But you know, the, I mean, I just have been around so many crazy characters. You know, when, when Roy was representing Rush Limbaugh, I was like, we're getting, I was getting so much heat. Like, how can he represent Rush Limbaugh? I'm like, that's what he does. You know, I mean, I loved Rush. I didn't agree with the damn word he said. And I, and my, literally my legs are black and blue. The first time we went to dinner with him, because Roy was picking me under the table so much, I should have called and had, had him in trouble for abuse because I wouldn't shut up, but I didn't care. He got a kick out of it. Uh, oh my God. I, <laughs> I mean, we could, we could crazy. literally talk. I could talk for like 12 hours just on the people that, you know, like. Can you believe I don't, I have forgotten. I even know these people. You're reminding me of it. Jason, who's like the biggest, most interesting, fabulous person we've ever known? I can't even think. Have you ever like share Madonna, J-Lo? Well, Madonna, son's the same age as my son. So I went to a couple of birthday parties at her house in LA for her son, with my son. And she always had all the big people there, like Demi and people like that. And they're all down to earth. And uh, so, you know. And then one of her good friends is a good friend of mine, Ingrid. So then her and I don't know. I never met Cher. I don't think I ever met Cher. I love it. I love Cher. Are you shocked when it's the opposite when people come up to you? And I mean, they're just housewife fanatics and they freak out that they're meeting honestly, the Leah Black. I honestly, I go so far out of my way to make them feel comfortable, take the picture, tell them, because I could never do that. I, I could not go up to somebody 
I was with Julie and Brandy at Craig's in LA and they went over and started stalking the former governor of Ohio, John Kasich. I was cringing. I but they were trying to get him on their podcast. <laughs> I could never do it. So I go so far out of my way. And I also think if they think I'm someone fabulous, you know, God bless them, really. You know, they, they, they live in a limited world, obviously. And so God bless them. I mean, what, else, what can I do for you? <laughs> well, you are fabulous. And you just go up to people because you don't know who they are. And that's that works. You know, you're able yeah, to get Pharrell. Yeah, I went up to Pharrell because I really... I didn't get the magnitude of who he was. And, you know, we were desperate. We were two or three months away from an event. We didn't have anybody. But would I go up and ask for a photo or something like that? I'd be, I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I, I probably couldn't. I can't, I've never, I learned to say this, I've never done it. Maybe I could, but I haven't. I love it. I had the first big fundraiser for Barack Obama at my house. The first one he ever had in the state of Florida. We raised a half a million dollars. Wow. And this photographer wanted me to pay him so much his nightly fee from the apparel. And I said, no, because this is a fundraiser. You're going to come and do it for free. I've given you plenty of business over the years. He went back and forth to me like, no, you have to pay this. This man's me president. You're going to come and get his pictures and you're going to sell those pictures one day. And he's just rolling his eyes at me. I made Barack Obama take a picture with every single person at my house. He was just beside himself. He goes, the way you're doing this, everyone's going to get a picture. I said, that's the whole idea. <laughs> You're getting your picture with everyone here. The guy made thousands of dollars years later on those pictures when he became president. He posted them and you go in and buy your picture. Thousands of dollars. See, so, I should have asked for a commission. <laughs> Listen, if I ever need to throw some big fundraiser, sorry. Now that I know you, there's no getting out of it. I'll even Me have it in Jason. my hammy. Yes, you and Jason. Jason and James because I don't have the patience anymore. <laughs> Well, <laughs> let's talk about Leah Black skincare, all this amazing stuff okay. that you sent me. Everyone, cool. first of all, time. is getting 25% off this. I'm going to share codes with everyone, but 25% off is a big deal. So everyone needs to pay attention because this right. really is, it is great with the code Velvet Rope. So where do you want to start? I mean, I have everything that Jason well, has sent me and I've used a lot of it. A lot of it. I'll just say, let's just start with. Once you become a customer, you'll probably always be a customer because I usually don't lose people because they do see dramatic results in their skin more often than not. If you go to my Instagram, you'll see, I'll read, is it Tuesday? I think James posts every Tuesday on the website too, leahblack.com, a testimonial and they're all organic. Everything from I had acne and I don't to my look 25 years younger to my face is tighter. I mean, every testimonial that you can imagine. So I let the customer speak for the products themselves. But what I will tell you is it's a very basic, basic one. You wash your face in the morning. You put on a CBD moisturizer or serum or both. And you go about your day. And at night, you wash your face. You put on a CBD, a serum or a CBD renewal cream, which is 500 milligrams of CBD and you go to sleep. And then twice a week or once a week, use the mask. Now the mask is what really drove the business the first time around. I had hundreds of thousands of customers from all over the world. I had an office in Prague. I had one in Wales, Switzerland. I had one in Toronto. I had five or six in Texas. 
all on the mask. What the mask does is it lifts, tones, firms, and tightens your skin and helps reduce the pore size and it pulls the impurities out of your skin. You leave it on 10 or 15 minutes till it's dry to touch. You take it off. I always tell them do it on one side of your face the first time and you'll see the difference. And if you use that, I did a test one time myself for a month. I had the same amount of women come to a hotel room every other day for a month and only did one side of their face. And some of them looked like they had had a stroke at the end of the month. I am seriously, we have the before and after here somewhere. So that was like the staple product. Then a few years ago, a friend of mine that has sold two or three multi, multi-million dollar companies started pioneering the CBD industry. So he and I together pioneered that and I became the first skincare product that actually had CBD that had been certified by a lab that had no THC that we could have actual uh, scientific studies to put behind. And what the CBD does is it, it helps your cells actually improve themselves. So over periods of time, you'll notice a difference. And then I have, so then that's, and then the eye cream, I would say is our, like our number one of our number that's one. That's my cells. favorite. That's, around here. Right here. that's what everybody says. That's Jeff's favorite. The exfoliant you use once or twice a week that, that fluffs off all the old dead cells. So that the new cells come. And if you notice the people that use my product, their face has a glow to it. Yeah, it has a glow because it sloughs off the old cells. So the new cells are constantly producing. So your face sort of has this tone of a baby's butt, you know, it glows. And so that's, and then the oil is also another big seller. See, most people think they don't need oil on their face. This is a thousand milligrams of CBD. It I love this. And I never would have thought that I would need this on my face yeah. if you didn't send it. It takes a couple of drops. Men use it after shaving a lot too. But people that have oily skin, it's because their skin is overproducing oil. So if you put oil on your skin, it'll quit overproducing, it'll quit clogging the pores, and you'll stop getting the blackheads and the impurities. And so the oil is a, a big favorite, but everything is on leahblack.com. What did I miss? I think, oh, and then so we have the moisturizer, which, which is, um, has a CBD in it. And then we have the serum, which has 200 milligrams of CBD, the eye cream, the face mask, which is really the staple product and the, the sudden um, use exfoliant that you like. Oh yeah. The, the sudden use is the mask. Yeah. And then that's the mask right here. And then the wash. And it's, then that's it. Leahblack.com. And it's code. The code is velvet rope. That's right. 25% velvet rope, off. 25% off, which nobody gives 25% off of anything these days, but it really Not is. Any. I'm telling you, I think you are the, you, you are <laughs> proof because I said this last time. I mean, at yeah. any age, you look way younger than your age and I'm not, it's not, I mean, yeah. we, like lots of people do at different ages. Have you yeah. ever always looked younger than your age at every age since you've been using this? You know, I, there's a difference between your skin texture and the tone of your skin. So people can say, oh, you know, you have this done or that done or Botox done or lift done or that. If you did all of that, it wouldn't change the texture of your skin. So I've always focused on the texture of the skin. And I've gotten rid of a lot of teenage acne, you know, my, my son's friends. But um, it's really, I, I concentrate on the texture. Now, the one product that does do the lifting and the toning, and I tell people start at their chest and go all the way up and use on the back of their hands is the mask. And if you use that a couple of times a week and you don't tug and pull when you take it off, you just rinse and splash it off and get it off really good and follow it with the oil, 
you will tighten and tone and reduce the pore size of your skin. And I have clinical huh. studies on most of these products, you know, befores and afters and testimonials and all of that. So it's not like just me talking about it. I need to use the mask more. No, because I mean, I've gotten Botox and filler for many, many, many years. Right. Like my skin has never yeah. been this glowing. Clear. Yeah. I glow yeah. because when you see people don't realize you're constantly reproducing cells. So if you use the CBD products, the cells you're producing are better quality of cells than if you weren't using it. And the ones you're sloughing off, if you don't slough them off, that's where you get the buildup and then the pores get bigger. And then your skin starts to have that ashy tone or it doesn't have a glow to it. And it's harder to reproduce cells because they're pushing off the old cells. So a lot of men just use simply the exfoliant and uh, uh, one of the moisturizers. Some men, that's all they do. A lot of men use the oil after they shave. And I've heard tremendous results with that. And I've used the oil on the tips of my hair where it's dry and, you know, it's like that. But then we also have a CBD bath bomb that you can luxuriate in the tub with and uh, a fragrance that we use that's really for everything. It's just a great little fragrance. It's called scent number one, Leah Black. And that's a co-ed fragrance. And that people tend to use that a lot just on their sheets and pillows or well, I have the bath bomb too. I, I haven't used it, but you guys, you guys <laughs> yeah. sent me the bath bomb. I was like, what is yeah. this? And then I was like, oh, it's a bath bomb. So now I have to go you use know, that You know, I would say women probably are more inclined to, to use, take baths and showers than men are. So that's a woman's kind of a product, but the men that like it really like it. But men, I mean, really, I, I'm going to say a third of our customers are men. The eye, this they, eye, this eye cream is eye my cream. absolute favorite. Listen, yeah. I am not going down without a fight, honey. So what I'm you telling need? you, I mean, just to like the end, it's, <laughs> I will be holding on. Like I'm not, I respect some people that go down without, with, you know, but who doesn't want to look the best that they can look, right? Yeah. Also, you know, the results, once you start using good products and you see the difference, you tend to stick with it. Yes. And then you stop what damage was being done. And then sometimes you can regress some damage that has been done. So the earlier you start, and that's why my skin looks really good because I started using really good skincare when I was a teenager. In fact, that's where the mask came from. We used to make that mask at home. Oh, wow. uh, we make mix up products and made it at home. And then I went to a lab and actually had it professionally made and tested. You also have a sunscreen too. Oh, I forgot the sunscreen, yeah. Now I use the sunscreen a lot on the, my chest and on the back of my hands. And I don't get my face in the sun very often, but if I'm going to, I use it. And most of the time I, I try to wear a hat and not get in the sun. But the sunscreen is also good in cold weather too. And it's got 250 milligrams of CBD in it. And there's, I don't think there's another skincare uh, sunscreen out there that I know that has that much CBD, if any. The other thing is, the, see, it's like cooking. You know, when you go to a restaurant and the food is just so, so good, it's because the raw ingredients were so, so good. Like when you're in France or Italy, they're picking them out of the garden and going in and cooking them. The raw ingredients are the finest there are in the world. Like there are no finer raw ingredients. And these prices, if they were retail in a store, it would be about twice what they are, which is why I do it online because I did the retail way before. I've done that before. And I'd rather have the consumer get twice for the money because at the end of the day, that's who you're trying to reach. And no, I mean, I was going to ask you if you stay out of the sun because you're, I mean, I am, mm -hmm. I, I am so anti-sun. I, so yeah. I wear the sunscreen too in the winter, like just a yeah. light layer, but 
that is one, when I started going for Botox and injections and up yeah. my skincare, the doctor yeah. was like, you are throwing money out the window. If you ever stay, it's lay out in the sun. hundred percent. That was the turn. I was you know, never, the I've never balm, been in the sun. I use the, we have the CBD lip balm. I have too. that too. If you, you, if you ski or you're in cold weather, like my son has, for whatever reason, a tendency to have dry lips. I think it's the licks is a lot. But that will end that forever. And if you have those little tiny fine lines around your face from either smoking cigarettes or drinking out of a straw, that will also benefit that along with the mask. So I put that lip balm on under my lipstick every day because people don't realize your lips age just like everything else. And if you notice as people get older, their lips get smaller, they get less plump. They start shrinking and drying up. You have to lubricate them. I use the lip, so I'm like a big lip balm person. I forgot to tell you, you also yeah. sent me that. I use the lip balm yeah. all day because my lips are just chapped, like dry. Yeah. Like my Well, thing. in New York in the winter, you're going to be living with the renewal cream. That's the heavy 500 milligram at night. You put that on every night and you wear the lip balm. You put that on every night too. Put the lip balm on every night and you're going to live within these products. I am telling you, and use that oil when your skin gets a little bit dry I'm or even when to. it doesn't. Well, yeah. I mean, that oil, Shane, you know, Shane on Jeff's show had kind of teenage, he's not a teenager, but kind of a little bit of teenage breakout. He says because of the, the oil, he's, he's never had any more breakouts. Really? My son's a roommate, a college roommate last year told me the same thing. I had him on a little regimen. He got rid of, I uh, got rid of his breakout. How is your son doing? How's the husband and son? <sighs> well, the husband is doing what he always does is reading. I mean, all he reads, I read a lot too. Like I have so many books ahead of me to read. I can't even tell you. I've got like a pile. I just finished Peril, <laughs> the uh, Bob Costa Woodward book. I just finished Lieutenant Benman's book. I finished Mary Tom's book. I've got like stack to read. You know what book I'm going to read? I'm going to yes. read the Leah Black Red. <laughs> this is Red Carpet's in my life. <laughs> I, I opened my skincare package and I'm like, why is it heavy on the bottom? And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm going to be reading this. Listen, I love a good novel. Yeah. I love a good, like, yeah. This is not, you know, the Taming of the Shrew. This is Jackie Collins B Tree type. Good. That's... Not that I'm anywhere near Jackie Collins status, but I'm just saying it's just a fun crazy I should do the two more that I I didn't really you commit should. I said I might but I didn't but I might you know I'm lazy <laughs> it, listen writing a book is not easy it's hard I wrote that one on my blackberry can you imagine that my thumb still are sore from it and how many years ago was that <laughs> no yeah. does I your son love being at college did he go away he loved his classes uh, he lives in the dorm. He loves his dorm. He loves his classes. He loves his teacher. The college experience is different because they're all trying to take extra classes to make up for the COVID classes that they couldn't take online. So there's really not much social life. It's kind of overwhelming studying all the time, but he doesn't complain about it. You know, he's like, boy, you know, he'll just, he's just kind of like a machine. Like, this is my class. This is my homework. This is my class. This is my homework. I'm more dramatic about it. I'm going to do all that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Does your husband want to be a lawyer also? I mean, your, son? your son. Yes. No, he does not want to be a lawyer. He's taking a lot of history classes, art history classes, UCLA class in interior design decorating. He'll probably get his real estate license. So I don't know what he'll do, but he doesn't want to be a lawyer. I told him, get a law degree, even if you don't want to be a lawyer. 
but I don't even know that he says he, he doesn't want to study that hard. I mean, he sees how hard my, my husband wore Like, let me tell you, there is no one more prepared in the courtroom ever in your life than Roy Black. It just is not going to happen. And that's why he went. He even was telling a story the other, he has a, he wrote a book about four of his biggest cases. And uh, he was telling me a story the other day or telling someone I was with that story that he knew that he won a case that he shouldn't have won. And he knew that the defense, he just knew at any minute the defense was going to come out. Uh, I mean, the prosecutor was going to come out and destroy his case. And the, the prosecutor never did because he obviously just wasn't either wasn't prepared or didn't study hard enough or didn't dig deep enough. But he said, if he would have just brought up this one element of the case, we would have been destroyed, but he never brought it up. And my husband was ready with a rebuttal, but it probably wouldn't have been enough. But he said he didn't bring it up. And so what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to blame the lawyer because the, the prosecutors didn't do their job or didn't do their, you know, their part? No. And I also think people should be given the presumption of innocence. Another reason why he doesn't take me to those legal things anymore, because I tell those fucking judges what I think. I had one judge one time, he put somebody in jail and I just went up to him at the bar. It was a woman actually. And I said, you know, so-and-so in jail, I went over there to visit him. I mean, and he's in a hospital in jail and they had the handcuffs so tight to the bed and the legs so tight to the bed in the hospital that his hands and feet are turning blue. And you know what the judge says to me? Oh, those parole officers, they do that kind of stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I went off on her. And then I was like, oh my God, and I'm in trouble. And then, you know what? She invited us to dinner a few years later. So there, she did. They know they're wrong sometimes. You know, they just want to win. I love it. No, I mean, yes, yes, and yes. And I do think a law degree, like I use my law degree every day. It teaches you how to think a certain way. Exactly. Nobody I went to law school with practices one person. Right. <laughs> if I got in trouble, yes, I'm calling you and yeah. then we're going to get me in lawyers. touch. Yes. Like just yeah, that's it. Like a brain surgeon, you know, don't get yourself if you're going to get in trouble, you know, get yourself the best lawyer that you can get. Same with the doctor, get the best because yeah. they'll do the best for you. And you have the right to that. I, I think, you know, sometimes like, look, if you're a serial killer or an arsonist or somebody like that, that's another category of crime. Right. But if you're a good person that made a stupid decision and a bad mistake, I don't think you should spend the rest of your life in jail for it. And I just think the punishment oftentimes doesn't meet the crime. And that's what bothers me. I don't, I don't mind people being punished but the consequences need to be commensurate with the crime. And that's, I mean, I've seen these judges throw out 20 years, like, oh, popcorn, you know? And I'm like, 20 years for that, scary. you know? It's scary. It's very scary. Well, I listen, told him that too. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you, you know? did. Well, listen, A, I'm glad that I passed your test and you came back and now I'm like, yeah. you know, adopted by you. B, <laughs> You can come back anytime you want. See, I'm going to share the velvet rope code with everyone who needs to buy your stuff. E, anything yeah, you else? go to leahblack.com and then you put in under the promo code, you put velvet rope. And you're going to remind me to see if I can connect you with Joe. I am. I'll reach out to him first and lay the groundwork, you know, that you're a good guy and he should do it and whatever. And it's no, He'll it's not, do it. it's no judgment. You know, it's like, I just saw he just did yeah. a podcast recently and it's yeah. like just a fun chat. 
I'll text. Yeah. You'll find him quite entertaining. And he'll, if you think I have the stories to tell, <laughs> I like the Disney girl Tinkerbell compared to his stories. Yeah. I appreciate And anybody this. else that you want, if I can help you, I will. Listen, I mean, I will take, you know, but Joe is interesting. Listen, Joe and Lance have been on the top of my list for different reasons. I know Lance, has Lance is busy now. Have, has he been on no. here? He and been on here? my team was like making progress at one point. Yeah, yeah, listen, I like never judge people who come on. It's not my thing. Yeah. I just think I find someone with an interesting story. Yeah. And I find Joe and I find Lance very interesting. Lance is very interesting. You know, totally. he wanted to go to the moon or what on one of those astronaut things. He's like a wackadoodle in that way. I find that so <laughs> interesting. And just like, you know, his whole coming out and the way it happened and, you know, just I find it all very I'm interesting. I'm not sure if I followed all that coming out thing that he did. I think I just always knew his being gay. I don't know when someone's gay or not unless they tell me. I mean, like he was, but then like, it's kind of like they were going to, a story was going to be run. So it's like, he came out, which he, you know, probably would have done anyway, but it was almost like forced because yeah, I forgot I don't the paper. Like that. I no, don't like that. it was some paper like that, that was going to run it. Yeah. And Good so then him, he, he came did. out, but I don't like that. By the way, his mother and the parents of Churchin, his husband, they're the most open-minded uh, love is love. Embrace the relationship you will ever meet in your life. So they That's never good. had any reason to withhold it unless they just felt like they need to because their family just completely embraced both of them. See, that says good. a lot. You're yeah, going to have to work on fixing up Jeff now. I mean, he's, I think he's single again. I think, I don't think, <laughs> I, I mean, also, <laughs> I mean, also you can work on fixing me up too. Like, hello, I'm over here. And like, I, oh, I you're single? will travel, but you know, so you have you're two on your hands. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, it could be all like, I I'm like all over. That's the great thing about this yeah. job of mine. Well, remember in the summers and during spring break, I'm usually in LA and during Christmas and Thanksgiving, I'm usually in LA. So just text me, get my text number from James, but then text me your okay. account. So if I do do what? anything or have anything, you know, you could have on this Who? really fun or Julie and Brandy from the dumb gay politics. I Remember had they them did on. The, I had them they're on good. before. They're great. Amazing. They're fun. They're really and fun. We actually, yeah. I had, we actually talked about you. We talked about oh, how yeah. much, <laughs> this is way back. They told me how much they love you and how much fun yeah. it is to go to a Leah Black great. party. Yeah. You're great. on their short list, you know? Oh, good. Okay, good. I <laughs> yes, they love you. They're they're really fun. But yeah, I have like random thoughts, and I'm like, just recently, Joe was like my random thought of like, why have I never like I had Melissa Rivers on. She's really good friends with him. So yeah, it's like she's there good. For, she can help you get him too if you're friends with her. I mean, Joe, Joe, will, unless there's some legal reason not to. And by the way, he's never let any of that stand in his way before. That's why my husband said, I will not represent you or the worst client I have ever had. Uh, he would do it unless there was some re legal reason not to. He's I'll, I'll like reach out to James for sure. I'll email yeah. or text, but I really yeah. appreciate this. Everyone, I'm going to share the skin code. I could talk to you forever. It's just, you know, okay. I'm respecting your day. Leah, thank you so much. This was great. Thank, thank you, you for coming back. Wait, let me, my little baby. Oh dog. my God. Thank you. We love baby. him. Yeah, he's so cute. It <laughs> makes me want a dog, but... <laughs> But you live in New York. Then I'd have to be <laughs> home. This one's and... on a pee pad, though. This one's on... oh, this oh. dog goes everywhere with me. I've taken him on everywhere. Yeah, James did a hundred thousand dollar Versace pee pad. Oh my! Right, like I'm sure it's like a nice pee pad. So no, he peed. He peed on the carpet one day here. I thought James was gonna have a heart attack because James is addicted to Versace, and I forgot I had one, two, three, four, four big, huge Versace rugs in here. 
And the dog, when he first started coming to the office, had a little accident. I thought, literally, I thought James was going to have a heart attack because he's the Versace's everything to him. Oh my God. <laughs> right. He's like, just don't, just don't ruin the Versace, just please. Don't peel the Versace rug. <laughs> I get it. Love you all. Tell James okay. thank you and I'll reach out. And thank you so much. Don't work too hard today. Don't worry. I don't work too hard. I sleep a lot. <laughs> I love it. Soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thank Anytime. You for promoting everything. I appreciate it. Oh my God. Thank it's you. great skincare. Listen, people it are going to, it's like, it really has changed my life. I, I, I won't use any other skincare now for real. For the rest so. of your life. Yay. Thank It'll you. <laughs> All right. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.